Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 73. Welcome to the Secrets of Real Estate Investing Show, where you'll learn powerful strategies from top experts to take your investments to the next level. Here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Hey guys, welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing. And today we have an exciting new topic that we have never yet had before. It's a new aspect of real estate investing to many of us, and it is land. So I have an expert with me today, Mark Podolsky, who is going to be sharing with us his tips, his strategies, his background, all his experience for the thousands of deals and who knows how much money this guy's made. We'll see if he tells us. Um, so with that, welcome to the show, Mark. Holly McCann, thank you so much for having me. Well, why don't you start by telling our listeners a little bit about your background, what you've done and how you got to where you are today. Well, the, the way I started is kind of weird. Um, I used to do investment banking, uh, mergers and acquisitions for private equity groups. And I absolutely hated it. I had a 45 minute commute to work and back. I was micromanaged. I had no control and it got so bad, Holly, that I wouldn't get the Sunday blues anticipating Monday coming around. I get the Friday blues anticipating <laughs> the weekend going by really fast and having to be at work on Monday. So my firm hires this guy and he's telling me that on the side, he's going to these tax deed auctions. He's buying up raw land for nothing. He's flipping them online and he's making on average 300% returns on his investment. 300%. So wow. I, yeah, I know. And so like, I don't believe him because I'm looking at companies all day long in a great company, a great company has 15% EBITDA margins or free cash flow. Great company. Average company is at 10%. And I'm looking at companies all day long, less than 10%. So, and I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm from the show me state. I'm like, come on, let, let's show me. So we go to New Mexico. I got three grand saved up for car repairs. And I buy 10 half acre parcels in nowhere, New Mexico, an average price of $300 each. Sure enough, I do exactly what he tells me. I put them up online. They sell for an average price of over $1,200 each. And he was right, 300%. So I took all that money and I went to another auction in Arizona. This is in 2000, there's no one in the room. I'm buying up properties left and right for nothing. And I sold all those properties and I made over $90,000 in the next six months. So I go to my wife, I'm like, honey, I'm gonna quit my job. And I'm going to invest in raw land full time. She goes, absolutely not. So I said, fine, fine, fine. So I did it part time for about 18 months until the land investing income exceeded my investment banking income. And I quit in 2001 and I've been doing it full time ever since. That's how I got into it. So the wife finally said, yes, it's okay, huh? She finally gave the go ahead once she saw the... You know, she's like, show me the money consistently. I'm like, okay. Well, I have a question regarding that because a lot of people have a partner in life and 
they're not always on the same entrepreneurial wavelength as each other, you know? So was she working or were you the sole breadwinner for your family at the time? Or what was that like? Yeah, I was a sole breadwinner. She, uh, at that time was pregnant and, um, we had our, our first child, we'd have three. And so my son was born in 2000. I quit in 2001. And, you know, so she was in this very vulnerable, dependent position. And, you know, I took it very seriously, like, okay, I've got to, I got to do this right. And so I took it very slowly, methodically. And then until that point that the land investing income exceeded the investment banking income, I quit always kind of knowing like, okay, worst case scenario, I own a real asset and I can always get another job. Oh yeah, that's true. You knew you had marketable skills. That's great. Yeah. But now, I mean, now I'm happily unemployable. It's been, (laughs) you know, since 2001, I've had a job. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat as you. It's, it would be too hard to go back now. Oh, yeah. So um, why don't you give our listeners and watchers kind of an overview about what land is? Because most of us are in either house flipping or apartment investing or single family home investing. And this is a whole new area to some of us. So tell us a little bit about it and and what would someone need to know if they wanted to get started in it? Yeah, yeah. So the way I look at it, it's it's a model, right? And I look at land as a as the ultimate subscription model. And a lot of people think, oh, raw land doesn't cash flow. You got to keep paying the taxes, and you know the typical like land development uh, plays, which is the more standard thing, which is like a hockey stick, right? So it stays flat, and then boom, development comes, and you know the McCanns are millionaires, but. That's not what I do. So what I do is, let's say, Holly, where do you live? I live in Dana Point, California. All right. So you live in one of the most beautiful places in the world. So, but let's imagine that you have property in Texas, but you live in Dana Point, California. Okay. And I see on the treasures list of people that owe delinquent taxes, Holly McCann owes $200 in back taxes on this half acre parcel in Texas. So what I'll do is I'll look at the comps or the comparable sales and I'll divide by four. And what that does is that gives me what Warren Buffett would call a 300% margin of safety. And I would send you this quote unquote top dollar offer for your half acre parcel in Texas. You have no emotional attachment to the property. You live in Dana Point, California. You're advertising to me. You no longer value the property. You haven't paid your back taxes. So three to 5% of people will actually accept this, this offer. We go through our due diligence, we buy the property, and then Holly, we have this huge advantage all over every single real estate niche. I have a built-in best buyer. Do you know who it is? It's no the idea. neighbor. The neighbors. So then we send out neighbor letters saying, hey, before we take this to the open market, increase your holdings, protect your view, know who your neighbor is going to be, lock it down, right? So it's that, that fear of missing out. Now, if the neighbors pass, then we'll go to our buyer's list. If our buyer's list passes, we go to a little website you probably never heard of called Craigslist. And we also got another one called Facebook buy sell groups. And so within 30 days, we sell that property. So let's take the example of your half acre in te- 
parcel in Texas. I buy it from you for a thousand dollars, and I'll probably sell it for ten thousand dollars. I'll get a thousand dollars down, and then we'll make it a car payment. Let's say four forty nine a month at nine percent interest, right? So now I've got a passive income of four forty nine every single month for let's say five years. And I don't have to deal with a renter. No rehabs, no renovations, no rodents. Because I'm not dealing with the tenant, I'm exempt from Dodd-Frank, RESPA, and the SAFE Act. So I've got this one-time sale. I've got this recurring passive income without the typical headaches in real estate. And that's why I call it the best passive income model. And because of software, it's scalable. I have 90% automated on the front end and the back end. And I, I can work two hours a week, anywhere in the world, running this business. Wow, that sounds ingenious. How long did it take you to kind of figure this out and dial it in and get your whole system in place? I made million dollars mistakes <laughs> a, long, a long time. I would say I probably wasn't really treating it like a business until about 2010. Because from 2001 to 2010, I, I, I was just making so much money hand over fist just because of the market. It was like I was so smart. I didn't need I didn't need systems. I didn't need automation. It, it was just too easy. And then you know, 2008 comes around. I don't get hit really personally until 2010, and that's when I really started treating it like a like a business. Systems, automation, virtual assistant teams, um, and and that's when you know I kind of came out of it. And now the whole goal being the passive income exceeds my fixed expenses and just keep growing that land investing business. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you're not doing any development. Is that correct? Too risky. Ah, so all you're doing is finding an opportunity and taking advantage of it. Really? Correct. Correct. So I'm buying an asset 23 cents the dollar and I'm selling it 75, 80 cents on the dollar. And that's ah. it. And the way I'm doing it is I'm trying to get my money out on the down payment or within six months of the down payment and then make a note. And because I use land contracts instead of uh, a deed of trust, I still own the property. There's no cost of foreclosure. I love it. So can, how many states do you do this in? Good question. So nobody wakes up, Holly, and thinks to themselves, boy, I'd really love some raw land in Minnesota. <laughs> Unless you live in Minnesota, right? So we focus on California, Nevada, Colorado, Texas, uh, Arizona, uh, a little bit in Oregon, Washington, Florida. So the Sunshine States. Got it. And where do you live? I'm in Arizona. I'm in Phoenix. Okay. And do you ever travel out to see any of this land or no need? I haven't looked at a piece of property in years. So what we do with our due diligence is we'll hire somebody locally on a Craigslist gig for like 50 bucks. They'll go out there, they'll shoot pictures, they'll take video. They'll fill out our property checklist and, and then we have that for that area for a long time. Nice. What kind of items do you have on that property checklist? What are things that you look for? Well, we want to make sure there's legal access, ingress and egress, right? Can you actually get to the property? When you're going to the property, what's that road like? Is it, is it dirt? Is it rock or gravel? Um, is it bumpy? Do you feel like your life is in, 
you know, in jeopardy out there. Uh, it's because there's just nothing around. Um, what's compelling about the property? Are there mountains? Are there lakes? Are there streams? What's the topography like? What are the neighbors like? Is anybody dumping? Is anybody doing anything out there they shouldn't be doing? Um, you know, those types of things. Because everything a buyer would want to know, we're going to want to know. And then we also hire uh, in the Philippines somebody to go do our title search. So for 11 bucks, we make sure that title's free and clear, no liens or encumbrances, and then we'll close on that deal. And what do you use to track all this? Is it in, I mean, do you have like some kind of an online sharing system since you say someone from the Philippines, someone from you know, local from Craigslist? Do you guys all share it online? We created our own proprietary system. Um, and basically it automates, you know, we get the list, we upload it into our software. It automatically via lob API sends out the offers. When the offers come back, we have a system with our VAs. They go in and they, it tracks all five segments of our business all the way to contracts. What used to take me 20 minutes in contracts now it takes about two seconds. So wow. uh, we saved about 119 hours between three of us last month in the software, but it's based on, Podio, Globiflow, and Zapier type of template, but we didn't. We were hard coded it because we didn't want to be dependent on these three channels. Very interesting. Sounds like you've got the system down. I mean, do you think your system is already as perfect as it can be, or do you still find opportunities for improvement lately? Well, I mean, we're all continually improving everything. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I love the Japanese term kaizen, so it's continuous improvement on every aspect of the business. What can we make better? How can we be this more efficient? How can we you know, lower our costs? Um, on the other side of it, we automate the collection of, our, of, the, of the money and the notes using a program I created called geekpay.io. So it's a set it and forget it system. We collect via ACH. If the ACH fails, it'll charge the credit card on file. So we have multiple payments on file. So we really lowered our default rate from maybe 10% down to 5% using the system. The borrower can log in, see their current balance, make a prepayment at any point in time. There's automates the notifications because it, it now it avoids these two annoying things I used to always get. Hey, Mark, what's my current balance? And hey, Mark, can I, can I make a prepayment? So now GeekPay automates all of that as well. Wow, you, you've thought of everything. I'm impressed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, um, so what's next on the horizon for you? Are you just going to keep growing this or, or what else are you working on? Yeah, so I've got a book that uh, I'm trying to finish up. Um, so I've got the book coming out. Uh, GeekPay, we're continuing to develop because there's other verticals that could use GeekPay. Fee-for-service doctors, dentists could use it. Uh, you know, auto dealerships could use it. Private money people can use it. So kind of getting that out and making that bigger is, is uh, something I'm really excited about working on, um, as well as for my own land people as well. And, um, and then flight school, uh, just our training program where we take people through a 16 week class and after 16 weeks they're doing deals uh with our instructors and it's it's awesome that's cool that's a fun name flight school huh yeah yeah see, see how Very geeky cool. i am holly what's that see how geeky i am oh it's, i know i think geeks are cool though <laughs> all right thank you geeks are the ones making all the money so how many contracts do you have right now that you're collecting on and is it just you or is it do you have some partners in the business that are doing it with you so i have an acquisition manager 
that runs the business and he manages the the VA team. So um, and so he takes a percentage. I, I'd say at any one time we have between you know 250 and 400 notes kind of active at, at any one time. Wow, that's a lot. So you have created a cash machine. So all those notes are just bringing in money every month, right? Yeah, and if there's a default, big deal. We'll get another down payment. It will get it. We'll extend that note. Just increases our ROI. So it's it's really fun in that sense. Yeah, I mean, it almost sounds like it might be boring because you've mastered it now, huh? Well, I mean, that's why you know I'm doing these other things because you know after you've done anything for like over ten years, you you do need a new challenge for sure. Yeah. But I but I love it. I, I love the stories of my clients that were able to retire their spouse or quit their Fortune 300 job and um, you know travel around the world doing this because you can do it from anywhere in the world. All you need is a laptop and an internet connection. And so th- that really inspires me to continue, you know, teaching and growing and, and getting better as an investor and to kind of stay ahead of all of them as well. Oh, yeah. So are you buying at tax sales or you're making offers to people before they get auctioned off? So when I first started, I would only do tax deed sales. And then those rooms got bigger and bigger and more competitive. And so I was like, well, how can I get property before it goes to tax sale? And that's when we started the letter writing campaign of sending out offers before it goes to tax deed sale. So I'd say 90% of my deal flow now is tax, uh, is, is on the letter writing campaign. And maybe 10% is from wholesalers, you know, coming to me and like, hey, Mark, I got this big deal. Can you take it down? I'm like, yeah, I'll take it down. So you're not actually buying anything at any auctions anymore. This is all going pre No, no. Now, once the next recession hits and those rooms are smaller, I'll go back to the tax deed auction for sure. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you always got to be flexible and using the acquisition strategies that match where you are in a cycle in whatever your business is, right? I mean, exactly. Yeah. You got, you got to be flexible like a yogi. Yeah. 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 I mean, cause we used to buy homes. The first hundred homes we bought and flipped were all at trustee sale at auction. When that opportunity was no longer good because the big old hedge funds pushed us little guys out that when we were working with a few million and they had hundreds of millions and they outbid us like crazy, then I had to go use my networking and buy things mostly from realtors and also, and then wholesalers. So it sounds like you've definitely adapted as well. Yeah. And that's the kind of the built in advantage that my model has over, you know, say single family homes is that it's not sexy. You're not going to go on HGTV or the DIY network and see, you know, me in front of my computer flip this land. Like it's just not cool to watch. Um, So, and there's no private equity groups. There's no hedge funds. There's no big money. So it's this huge market with very few players. So tell me more about like the, what's the right terminology, the dollar size of the deals? Like what's kind of an average purchase price and average resale price? Or is it like kind of all over depending on what state you're in and how big Yeah, it just depends. Like California's gonna be more expensive. Florida's gonna be more expensive. Um, No, it's a very inefficient market. So, but I'd say our bread and butter is $1,000 to $10,000 in purchase. So you don't need money. You don't need any private money to do this. 
That's amazing. I'm thinking this might be good for my college age son who's saying, mom, what can I invest in? I mean, he's only got, which, you know, I'm proud of him. I think he's got about $25,000 saved. That's not bad for a kid in college still. But, That's amazing. Well, he, he got to work one tax season, you know, one busy season as an accounting intern. That helped him a lot. But like where else, I mean, a lot of people are in that boat or they have less than that to start with. So this sounds like a good opportunity for someone, whereas flipping a house in Southern California where the house is going to be at least half a million plus rehab costs, like you either got to come up with that or get someone willing to lend you money on that. So with the land, you're probably not going to be able to get loans for this. Am I right? you got to have the cash. No, you, you got to have the cash. A bank won't loan on it unless you're going to get a construction loan. So the nice thing about this is, is that because it's so non-competitive, you don't need any money. If you can afford a stamp, you can get in this business because let's say for example, Holly, you accept my offer, right? Of a thousand dollars, but I don't have a thousand dollars. So I'll say, okay, Holly, um, give me 90 days to close. You're like, okay. Well, in that 90 days, it takes me maybe a few days to do due diligence. I will actually send out neighbor letters and I'll do a dual close, right? So I'll use somebody else's money to close that deal with you. And then I don't have to use any money. They have an infinite ROI. And we see our clients that. do this a lot. Love it, love it, love it. So just to rehash, reiterate what Mark just said, in case you guys didn't catch it, you're using someone else's money to close the deal. And this is done in real estate. It's not unheard of and it's not weird. Not all escrow companies are okay with it, but many are. And are you doing this through escrow or not, Mark? If it's $5,000 or more, then we'll go through title and escrow. If it's not, we'll do it directly. Okay. But yeah, there's escrow companies that can facilitate this or you can just do it yourself if it's a, a low enough price and there's less risk because you're going to get your new buyer's money to come in and close it with the seller. So you never even have to have your money. You say, so buyer B is buying it from you and Mr. B is going to send you a thousand bucks for this land. It's going to be his down payment perhaps. And then you're going to turn around and buy it, you know, for a thousand. And then if you've resold it for 10, Mr. B is going to keep making you payments on the other 9,000. But you just got to make sure that you're, down payment you're taking from the new buyer is going to cover what you're buying the land for if you are going to take a down payment, right, Mark? Exactly. Exactly. Brilliant. So how, um, I think you said earlier, if I remember, three to five percent is the results um, from, is that sending for Yeah, sending uh, letters. Buyers? Yeah. Yeah. So we get a lot of people who are angry, like, Hey, how, how dare you offer this? And you know, how dare you offer to purchase my land? Oh, how dare you? I know. I know. It's, it's and, funny. And don't I, you I have, yeah. I've still never sent any kind of direct mail myself, but I've heard people say, how'd you get my name? Well, it's, it's public record. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. um, but yeah, but you know, we know then that if under 3% of the people are accepting those offers, our offers are too low. And if more than 5% are accepting it, we might have come in too high or we need to retrade from there. Love it. So that is the sweet spot that you're aiming for and you adjust your actions accordingly. Correct. That's really interesting too. Okay. So why don't you tell us like what some of the potential pitfalls, downfalls or problems to um, the people should avoid when they're getting into this business? Well, I mean, the due diligence for raw land is a little bit different. And so you really need to understand deeds, chain of title. You need to understand 
access. You know, if there's an environmental issue on a piece of land, and you don't go to epa.gov and see if it's in a Superfund site, you actually take liability over that Superfund site. So you're responsible for it. So there's some due diligence stuff that you need to be educated on. I mean, I would just say like, be educated on the entire process. And there's a plethora of free information out there to start doing this and learning. So you don't have to you know, go through me to learn it all. It's just Google land investing. It's all out there. Great. Awesome. Well, I would like to tell my listeners, have you tell my listeners a little bit about the first of two great gifts you're giving out today. So the first one that Mark is offering, we're going to have it on my website at hardhatholly.com forward slash 73 because we're on show 73. Uh, it's called the Passive Income Blueprint. So really nice, beautiful PDF download, 18 pages long. Mark, why don't you tell them a little bit about what is in this great blueprint? So the blueprint kind of talks about the, the reason that I like this model so much and how to get out of what I call solo economic dependency, which means if you're not working, you're not making any money. And I, I experienced this firsthand with Dennis. So he said, be a dental broker and help dentists buy and sell practices for them and invest in banking. But if a dentist's hands weren't in somebody's mouth, the dentist wasn't generating any revenue whatsoever. And so there's so many people like that, that if they're not working, they're not generating any income. And this is a vehicle to get out of what I call solo economic dependency. It kind of talks about the mindset of, you know, time versus money. What's your time worth? And, um, and then, you know, how land can sort of satisfy that um, if, if it's right for you or not. I love it. Okay, so listeners, you can go download that at hardhatholly.com forward slash 73. Um, additionally, if you want to text to the number 38470, that's 38470. You just text hard hat, squeeze it together, all one word, hard hat to the number 38470. I'll send you this download as well as a link to all of our past downloads. And then Mark is also giving us another gift. Um, and what is that link for that one to go over to your site? Yeah. So if you just email us uh, support at the com and put the subject line Holly or hard hat Holly, um, we'll send you for free our $97 passive income launch kit. So just, awesome. just email support and we'll send you the link. Okay. That's awesome. And what is your website again? It's the land geek.com. The landgeek.com. Yeah. All right. Well, this is really interesting. This is my first time hearing about taking advantage and arbitraging the price and land like that. That is great. What, I, my hat's off to you. My hard hat's off to you for figuring out this unique opportunity and taking advantage of it. So what's some, you know, some final words of advice that you would recommend for people that are jumping in, interested in jumping into this land flipping opportunity? You know, my, my final words of advice are always the same. It's, you know, find a mentor, find somebody who's done what you've already done and smart cut it. You know, unfortunately for me, like I didn't have anybody like that. Uh, I was kind of like the pioneer and, you know, pioneers get killed uh, going across the country. So find somebody who's, who's done what you want to do and pitch onto their wagon and you'll be just fine. Also, uh, I love the Zig Ziglar quote, if you'll do for the next three to five years, what other people won't do, you'll be able to do for the rest of your life 
what other people can't do. So there you go. Brilliant and well said. So with that, listeners, get out there, take some action. If you've decided that maybe house flipping is a little too intimidating or risky for you, this is a great opportunity that is not capital intensive, not really risky, great opportunity. So go check out thelandgeek.com to connect with Mark and check out his great resources. And Mark, I think you have a podcast or two. Tell us about your podcast too, where they can learn more from you. Yeah, I highly have to come on my podcast. It's the Art of Passive Income Model podcast. Um, we have over 100 episodes. We, we do a roundtable podcast every week talking about land investing. And then we also interview experts like Holly that talk about different real estate niches or investment niches or entrepreneurial niches or just success in general. So we try to like extract out all their success secrets in the Art of Passive Income Model podcast. I have another one called the Best Passive Income Model podcast that um, has over 100 episodes and that's that was more expert related. Um, we had our students on there as well talking about land investing. But that one, I would like put like Holly on the spot, explain my model, say, do I have the best passive income model? And then, you know, we would argue and <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and then there's also the Land Geek podcast, which if you go to the website, there's like a, over 100 episodes there, all devoted to land investing. Love it. A lot, of, a lot of information, but I don't want you drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, and listeners, I know, I mean, you don't usually hear me talking about this, but my husband, Scott, is the land geek in our household. I don't really know that much about it or speak that language, but, you know, he loves that. And that's how we got our start in flipping houses. If you ever listen to my beginning episode, episode 000 you can hear that that's how it launched us into flipping houses was him developing land not what mark does my husband is a civil engineer and he took it to a whole higher level and developed land so land is a great opportunity do it nice and easy like mark though you don't have to make it hard that's for sure <laughs> yeah absolutely but then you know okay, you also so don't get the huge hits either <laughs> So guys, get out there, take some action, do something to benefit and get your financial future locked down, give yourself some security, get out of the Friday blues like Mark had where he didn't, he was bummed about the weekend being over before it started. So I would love to see you guys have some more fun, freedom and fulfillment through real estate investing. Get out there and make it happen. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for listening today. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review our show. And let us know in your review what you'd like to hear more of. For the show notes and free downloads for this episode and all others, go to hardhatholly.com.